Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Now what happened? As he went to Jerusalem, then he passed through the midst of Samaria, ding, 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 and Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were what, saints? Lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Notice, as they went, as they went, they were what? Cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice glorifying God. And he fell down on his face at his feet and giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to them, can y'all read verse 19 with me? Arise and go. Can you read verse 19 with me? Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice Jesus left the house of the Pharisee and earlier in chapter 17, and he went through Samaria and Galilee. And he entered a certain village, and he met ten lepers. And these lepers are living in a leper colony. Point number one, the request of the ten. Notice the ten lepers all come to Jesus, and they said, Master, have mercy on us. Now let me give you two points here, and two things I want to point out. Number one, these lepers were in an awful position. Of all the sicknesses and diseases in the Bible, leprosy is probably the most difficult for us to relate to. I mean, we think of leprosy and we think of reading the Gospels or we think of the movie Ben-Hur, where his mom and his sister had leprosy and they were healed. But did you know, listen, in the world today that there is an estimated 10 to 15 million people with leprosy and 5,000 of them live right here in the United States. 5,000 people with leprosy live in the United States. In the medical community, and perhaps you want to write this down, in the medical community, leprosy is called Hansen's disease after the guy who found a treatment that arrested the process but not the cure. He arrested the process, very important, arrested the process, but not found a cure. Now, in Jesus' day, leprosy was dangerous, deadly disease because there was no cure for treatment or treatment. No CAT scan, no MRIs, no drugs, no therapy. 
If you had leprosy, you were considered dead while you were alive. The Jewish leaders of Jesus' day considered leprosy the finger of God because they thought that it was God's judgment on secret sin. So these lepers were also in an awful position because they were outcasts physically and socially. First of all, physically. Leprosy starts small in one part of the body and then spreads over the entire body with sores. The skin loses its color, and it becomes blotched and scaly. The eyebrows fall off, and sometimes blindness occurs. It affects the nervous system and thus kills nerve endings, and you can't feel. You ever see a movie where they have lepers in it, and and they have, you know, their hands are wrapped, and y'all ever see, y'all looking at me like like y'all never saw a movie like this. You never saw a movie like that where they had, yeah, y'all watch television. It's okay, holy people. Y'all like, no, we don't watch TV. We're holy. Well, if you watch a movie and they got lepers, and the lepers, they wrap up their limbs and, and wrap up their feet, is because their nerve endings are dead. And, and, and at night, rats would come and eat their hands and eat their feet, and they wouldn't even know it. And some people call it a painless hell. There's a terrible smell from a person with leprosy, and no one wanted to be around them. It usually lasts about nine years, and then a coma would set in, and then death. Not only was it awful physically, but it was also awful socially. The leper was ostracized from society and forced to live in a leper colony. Now, you might want to write this down. Leviticus chapter 13 says, All the days he is unclean, he shall dwell alone outside the camp. He had no friends, no family, no loved ones, no girlfriend, no job, no one. He was isolated from community and church. If his mother and father died, he couldn't go to the funeral. When a leper comes within six feet of any person, they were required. Are y'all listening? When a leper comes within six feet of any person, they were required by law to, to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. Well, that's an... Probably not the best way to get a date now, is it? Unclean, unclean, unclean. The disease was like AIDS. And like no one wants to get AIDS, no one wanted to get leprosy. These men were in an awful position. The second thing I want to tell you is that these men were in an inapproachable position. Remember, the law said that these men were to live outside the camp. But the theme of the book of Luke is, and I told you, Luke 19.10, write it down. That is the theme for the entire book, which tells us that Jesus came to seek and to save those which were lost. And Jesus, did you notice this, from verse 11, he makes it a point to contact them. I believe Jesus went this way on purpose because even in the awful, inapproachable position of leprosy and the sin and sin that puts you in, Jesus is able to reach out and save. Can anybody agree with that and clap your hands and say amen? It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter your addiction. It doesn't matter your problem. God wants to save you. God wants to deliver you. God wants to help you. And God will go out of his way to reach you. Don't we serve an awesome God? I just came from a country. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. I just came from a country where they serve 300,000 gods. 
There is a festival, I'm telling you, every single day there are people marching in the street with these big, huge, larger-than-life gods, elephants, and rats and monkeys and you would you would and they they're they're giving it milk and rice and bananas and they're cutting your and their hair if you ever see an indian woman with her hair shaved bald that means she has shaved her head and offered her hair to one of their gods And they are worshiping gods that have eyes, but they cannot see, ears, but they cannot hear, mouths, but they cannot speak, feet, but they can't walk, hands, but they cannot reach out and touch you. We serve a God who hears, who listens, who can touch us, who can help us, who will help you if you call out to him. We serve a God who is able, this is what I'm trying to tell you, we serve a God who is able to save to the uttermost. Somebody said that God is able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. Can somebody clap your hands like you know what I'm talking about? Isn't that right? So, 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 so these people, you know, here, get the scene here in our text. These ten lepers, they start crying with one voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You know, I don't get the impression that they went to Jesus and they said, um, uh, excuse me, uh, excuse me, Jesus, excuse me, Jesus. Um, would you mind uh, help a brother out, and uh, would you mind um, healing this leprosy? This skin thing is really getting on my nerves. I haven't seen my family in a long time. I don't get that impression. It says that they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And notice, as they went, they were clean. Are you with me, my people? So they're walking along, and all of a sudden, their skin starts to change. And one said to another, they said, are you using proactive? Your skin is sure looking different. You're not as ugly as you used to be. I mean, their fingers, their fingers are growing back. Their noses are growing. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back. And he saw a reason to praise. And he saw a difference that Jesus had made. And many see their need to pray, listen, but they don't see their need to praise. That's right downable. I know that's not a word, but I'm making it up. You need to write that down. Many see a need to pray, but few see a need to praise. And I find it interesting that Jesus notices when someone robs God of glory. Jesus notices when someone fails to come back and give thanks. Let me ask you a question. What's your average on giving thanks? What is your average? How much do you come back and give thanks to God? How often do you say, Lord, thank you for my health? Huh? How often do you, when you wake up in the morning, how often do you open up your eyes and say, thank you, Jesus? Do you know some folk didn't wake up this morning? Y'all didn't hear me. Some folk did not wake up this morning. When you opened your eyes, it was God who kept your blood circulating through your system all night long. It was God who kept your brain working. And it was God who woke you up. When's the last time you woke up and opened your eyes and said, thank you, Jesus? We need to thank the Lord for our health. You need to thank the Lord for your strength. I mean, it's God that gives you strength. You need to thank the Lord for your crazy kids. Parents say amen, because you know you got some crazy kids, but they're your crazy kids. 
And when's the last time you thank the Lord? I mean, we need to be thankful. The Bible tells us that we were afar off from God, but he has made us near by the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to be thankful. Jesus notices when someone comes to say thanks and someone doesn't. Now get this in our scene. Jesus is sending streams of lepers to be examined by the priest. Leviticus chapter 13 tells us how to diagnose a leper. Leviticus chapter 14, you write that down, gives us the cleansing of the leper. Now, if you have a night of insomnia, read Leviticus 13 and 14. Guarantee it, it will cure it just like that. But Leviticus 13 tells you how to diagnose it. Leviticus 14 tells you and gives you the cleansing and how to cleanse it. These priests knew Leviticus 13 well because they had diagnosed it before. But think about this. These lepers at one time lived a normal life. And one day they woke up and they noticed a sore and the sore got worse. And they went to the priest and they heard those words. You have leprosy. And when they heard those words, they couldn't go be with their wife, the kids, the family, go back to their house, to their bed. He would go for years without feeling a touch from a person. He would hear of his mother and his father's death and not be able to attend the funeral. He would live with lepers who had leprosy longer than he did, and they died, and he lived with the reminder of his future. His friends slowly rotting away and then dying. And then they went, and they got their things, and they moved out of the leper colony. Now, in the Bible, listen, we only have two records of someone who who had leprosy and was cleansed, and that would be Miriam, who had leprosy, and she was cleansed the same day. Naaman the Syrian, who wasn't even an Israeli, was told to dip seven times in the Jordan River. Leviticus chapter 14 tells them, the priests, when, when, you wanna, when a, a, a leper needs to be cleansed, that they were to take two doves and kill one and mix his blood with running water in a vessel and dip the other dove in blood and set it free. Get this. This was a type of Christ dying for us and washing us in his blood and setting us free. And then they would shave the man's head bald like mine. And they would put him away until the eighth day, and then they would bring him and re-examine him. And when they brought him out and they saw nothing, they would take some of some blood and they would put it on his ear and on his thumb, which signifies Christ changing our lives. And then they would take oil. Anybody know what oil represents? Anybody know what oil represents? The Holy Spirit. Thank you. And then they would call the congregation of Israel together and they would restore that leper publicly. The priests had never had to do this before. This was all new to them. Point number two, we got to move on. The return of the one in verses 15 through 19. Go ahead and look at verse 14 in your Bibles. When Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. Now, in Luke chapter 5, you go read it in your own time. It tells us that Jesus touched the leper. Here, Jesus said, go. Now, why did Jesus do that? I don't know. Let's look at verse 17. Wasn't that deep? I don't know. When the Samaritan 
in verse 17, saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice, he glorified God. Isn't it true? Many times we cry loud for help and low with praise. Isn't that true? Many times we cry loud for help and low for praise. You know, honestly, listen, when the worship leader is up here and he has to say, or I have to say, come on, sing it out. I don't really understand that. I I really don't. Because we serve the God of the universe. Are you listening? And why is it that we cry loud for help and low for praise? When we come in here, we need to be singing our hearts out, even if you can't sing. If you got a bad voice, people will move. Don't worry, people, you'll know, you. people will move. But we, we need to sing and we need to praise God. And this shouldn't be, we have to say, come on, sing it out. Now, come on, leaning, leaning. Everybody knows that song. People in India know that song. We need to be singing praises unto God because we serve a great and awesome God who is worthy of our praises. Anybody agree? Anybody? 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 Of course, we serve a great and awesome God, and we need to serve God with all of our heart. Well, this Samaritan came, and he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet and gave thanks. And Jesus said, where are the nine that were cleansed? Look at verse 17. And I bet they went home to their families. I bet they hugged their kids. I bet they kissed their wives. I'm sure the Samaritan wanted to do the same thing, but his priorities were right. Don't ever find yourself wrapped up in the blessings and forget about the blesser. Did you hear me? Don't ever, ever, ever get wrapped up in the blessings and forget about the blesser. The Samaritan didn't forget. And because he didn't forget, he got more than physical healing. He got spiritual healing as well. In verse 19, Jesus said, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, quickly, you got a pen? I'm going to give you three things or three ways that sin is a picture of leprosy or leprosy in the Bible is a picture of sin in three ways, and I'm going to give them to you quick. Number one, sin like leprosy starts small, undetected, below the surface of the skin, and it begins to spread and infect the entire body. I mean, in our lives, sin can have a very small beginning And if not dealt with, it grows worse. I think about it. An alcoholic doesn't wake up in the morning and say, hey, you know, I think I'll become an alcoholic. They start with one drink. A crackhead does not wake up in the morning and say, hey, well, you know what? I think I'll become a crackhead. It doesn't happen that way. It starts with one hit. It starts small. Leprosy starts small, but ultimately defiles, deadens, and destroys. Sin is like leprosy, point number two, because it desensitizes a person. The longer a person continues in sin, the more they lose their sensitivity about that sin till they reach a point like the leper where they are past feeling, and it's really hideous, and they are being destroyed, and they don't even know it. Listen, let me say this quick. We live in a culture, and have you noticed We live in a culture that is fastly becoming desensitized to what is right and what is wrong. Isn't that true? I know it's true. Y'all might not agree, but it's still true. 
people are more concerned with safe sex than they are with, with, with not having sex because God said that we shouldn't. People are concerned about having safe and protected sex versus doing things God's way. I've even heard of parents who give their children condoms. This is shocking to me. You know you're shocked when you can't speak. They give their children condoms because they say, oh, well, it's better for them to have sex at home because, I mean, after all, they're going to do it. Let me tell you something. If you're going to sin, you're going to sin outside of my house. I'm not going to encourage you to sin. And if you're giving your children condoms because you think that that just makes sense, listen, what you are doing is you are hurting them. You're not helping them. You're hurting them because you're causing them, first of all, to disobey a command of God. And secondly, you're hurting them because you're condoning sin. And then you wonder why you're having problems with them. Well, because you're condoning sin. You don't give your kids condoms. If they're going to sin, then they have a nature. They have a will. They're old enough to make the decision they're going to make. But don't you give them the tools to go and do it. That's like giving them a gun and say, go ahead, Johnny. Go ahead and click it, click it, click it until it goes. Maybe a bullet, maybe not, will go in your head. You don't do that. It's not wise. It's not smart. People are becoming desensitized to sin. Number three, finally, sin like leprosy is humanly incurable. You taking notes? Is humanly incurable. It can't be healed. It must be cleansed. I'm going to say that again. It can't be healed. It must be cleansed. And only Jesus, listen, can cleanse a leper from leprosy and only Jesus can cleanse a person from his sin. Can somebody clap your hands and like you know what I'm talking about? These men, notice they came close to Jesus even when they weren't supposed to. They said, Jesus, have mercy on us. Can I tell you something? Listen, if you hear nothing else that I have said today, please hear this. Whenever somebody, anybody, takes a step toward Jesus, Jesus will take a step toward them. He never backs away. John chapter 6, verse 37 tells us, all that the Father gives me, will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Here is the key to the whole issue. All were in the same awful position. All prayed and all were healed. Yet only one of the ten returned to offer thanksgiving. Only one, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. He saw a reason to praise. He saw the difference that Jesus makes. And, 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 he, and he was thankful. You see, Jesus makes a difference. You know, I think of Glenn and Sheila Herring. Some of you may know them. Their son, Ethan, is in the hospital. They were at second service today. I was shocked. While I was in India, I received a phone call that Ethan had been in a horrible car accident with a friend. This is just two weeks ago. Maybe not that much. And the guy who was driving, he passed away. Ethan Herring, whose parents, Glenn and Sheila, they all attend this church. Ethan was very, very critical. And his brain was swelling, and he was critical. 
I called my phone. I'm blowing up my phone from India. God knows what my phone bill is going to look like. But I'm blowing up my phone from India. I'm calling. How's things going? I'm praying with them. We're crying together, quoting scripture. We're talking and just believing that God's going to heal them, that, that God's going to give them a testimony. And do you know that God began to heal that boy? And they moved him from the critical ICU to the regular ICU. And today, do you realize that Big Wake, he is in a regular room right now healing. Can you clap better than that? Can you clap better than that? You see, because Glenn and Sheila, they understand that Jesus makes a difference. How do people get through life? How did I get through life? How do you get through life without Jesus? You can't make it through life, but Jesus makes a difference. And whenever you come close to him, he will come close to you. Amen, saints. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.